Chaf Av Taf Shin Pei, coming to you live from the home office of Ariel Tours in my apartment in Brooklyn, New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Daniel Zamir with that beautiful version of Mode Ani. Welcome in, welcome one and all into this week's edition of The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. We're very happy to have you with us. We are here each and every Monday, immediately following JMDAM, which means 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time, and around the world, whatever time it is, wherever you are, around the world, how's that go again? <laughs> around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is, that's the time that we are on. So make a note. Or listen on through the archives at the uh, Nachum Siegel Network app or on NachumSiegel.com. Both of them have uh, the extensive archives of the Nachum Siegel Network programming, so it's not only our program, the Israel Show, but so many other great programs, stuff that you can find. Um, and our Facebook page is facebook.com slash the Israel Show. We usually do not post a lot. We don't fill up your page with stuff. But once a week, we post a link to the show and a link to all the songs that we play during the show. So you can, if there's a song you like, you can just go back and listen to it. Very cool, if I must say so myself. So feel um, feel free to do that. It also actually helps us if you like the posts and if you like the page as well. But besides liking the page, which is a one-time thing, if you like the posts, it uh, it helps in the way um, Facebook works. We're going to talk a little bit about Harav Adin Evan Yisrael Steinzaltz, who passed away on Friday. Great loss to the uh, Jewish people in general, to the Torah world. And uh, we'll share with you a little bit about his life. We have a little audio clip of him give you an idea of what he's all about. We'll talk about the um, situation of the gap year programs, the whole issue with the uh, visa, the entry permits that the government of Israel has um, granted to uh, numbers vary from 12 to 17,000 people coming to study for the year in Israel. We'll discuss all that with you because uh, one would think that during these difficult financial times at least, people in Israel would be thrilled to have an influx of so many Americans, French, British, Australian, South African, but mainly American young men and women who bring tons of money with them who support local businesses during times that are so difficult now and yet for some reason I wonder why for some reason I will explain to you why for some reason there's there's been a media war against that and uh, if we have some time we'll tell you about the political situation a few months ago when this government began I said on this very show that Benny Gantz fell into the trap that Benjamin Netanyahu set for him. And I wouldn't mention it if not for the fact that some disagreed with me. No, it wasn't a trap, whatever. And um, I got to tell you, I think today it's more obvious than ever that it was a trap. 
we'll see how this plays out. Everyone's talking about elections. I hope that's not going to come to pass. Anyway, we'll bring you all that and more interspersed with great Israeli music. Aaron Razel, joined by his brother Yonatan Razel, Tenli et Hayom Hazeh. This is a day that is going by. God, give us this day. Give us the ability to make the most of this day. What a great message. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. לא אביט לאחוריי, השביל פתוח לפניי. לא יכולתי לחכות, ערכו לי לילותיי. תן לי את היום הזה, תן לי את היום הזה. הגלה עוברת וקורת אליי, בוא
The wagon is making its way, the wagon of today, and it's calling out to me. Bo Ale, get on the wagon. Let's get moving. Let's get busy. That was uh, Aaron Razel, joined by his brother Jonathan Razel. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Rav Adin Steinzaltz passed away at the age of 83 last Friday in Yerushalayim. He was born in Yerushalayim in July of 1937. His parents... Very interesting. I didn't even realize this. His parents were from Europe. They made Aliyah in 1924. His father was the great-grandson of the first Slonimer Rebbe. So, if you wonder where Rav Steinzalz got the Hasidic gene from... I guess that's a pretty good line. His father, Avraham Steinsaltz, was a devoted communist, it says in Wikipedia. That sort of makes sense. He was a member of the Lechi, and there were some communists in the Lechi. We know about Avraham Yellen Moore and others. Listen to this. It's just like shocking. Rav Steinzalt's father, now we're talking about, went to Spain in 1936 to fight with the international brigades in the Spanish Civil War. It tells you a lot about the turmoil that the Jewish people went through during those times. Anyway, Rav Steinzalt's growing up in that home where there was no God if his father was a communist, I would assume that. He became a Baal Tshuva during his teenage years and was uh, learning from uh, various Chabad rabbis and in various Chabad schools. He was uh, studying at Yeshiva Tom Chetmimim in Lod in Israel and with uh, Rav Dober Eliezerov and Shmaryahu Noach Sasonkin these are all Chabad Rabbanim and he himself considered himself a Chabad Chassid he wrote a interesting book called My Rebbe about the Lubavitcher Rebbe uh, the last Lubavitcher Rebbe he was often at the Lubavitcher Rebbe whenever he came to America there are videos which you can see on Facebook or there's so many various ways to see them videos of the encounters when the Rebbe was already older and giving out dollars and the Steinsaltz came a few times and the Rebbe engaged him in conversation and one of the things the Rebbe did was encourage him for whatever reason to change his name from Steinsaltz to a Hebrew name and um, his Hebrew last name became Evan Yisrael so, but being that everyone sort of like recognized the name Steinsaltz it became a brand name because by that time he already 
either was close to finishing the Shas or finished it already, became so such a brand name that he didn't totally change it. It was, he called himself Adin Evan Israel Steinsaltz. But if the Rebbe said, then he did. Um, he also studied at the Hebrew University, studied mathematics, physics, and chemistry. Obviously, and and you don't need to know that he studied all these things, all these sciences at Hebrew U. You can see it just from all the. But his life's work, he was an absolute genius, absolute genius. He tried to instill into the younger generation in Israel some parts of Hasidut. He attempted in several different ways. Ultimately. I believe he was most successful in that pursuit when he founded together through Rabbi Menachem Froman and Rav Shagar the uh, Yeshivat Mekor Chayim which is in the Gush led by Rav Dov Zinger who is a Talmud of theirs the Yeshiva that became famous because the three young men who were kidnapped were kidnapped and killed it happened right near there and two of them were from the yeshiva at Makor Chayim and so um, the yeshiva which really was not very well known became very well known as a result of that tragedy he established that yeshiva in 84 and the yeshiva in Tekoa in 1999 so what is his claim to fame so to speak he decided that he was going to translate the entire Talmud, huge, the entire Talmud into Hebrew to make it easier for people to study Talmud. And he says his idea was not to spoon-feed the Talmud to the masses. His his aim, his goal was to spare the average person the time that it takes to go figure out the words and the concepts and the certain um, things that are mentioned, items that might be mentioned that we don't know about because they're from the ancient world. And his idea was let's strip away the difficulties caused by the language barrier and other other things like archaeology and so forth to make it easier for a person to grapple with the essence of the Talmud. Very interesting. One man it took many years, but he finished this goal and it is the I, I believe other since Rashi it is the first time in history where one person gives a simple translation and understanding of the Gemara. The only other uh, similar similar thing are Sensino or Art Scroll, and these were done by committees. This was one man, one man. <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. He started the project, I believe, in 65 and finished it. In 1965, he started and finished it. 
uh, what is it, 2010, it's, it's, it, it, no, not, that couldn't be, no, it was before that, don't have the exact date here, it doesn't matter, but he went on, with the help of current publishers who, who uh, became the um, publisher of all his works, in addition to other books that he's written on on Hasidut and on Kabbalah and and just so many and people uh, uh, um, personalities in the Tanakh and so many different things, he went on to do a again a simple commentary on Tanakh. Meaning again, he's not giving any insights or anything like that. He just wants you to understand what the words mean, what the pasuk says. Now, obviously that any translation is also some form of a commentary. But the idea is just to give you the basic understanding of what the words say. You can see the Steinsaltz Tanakh commentary, and you can buy it, obviously. You can also see it on the 929 website. We spoke many years ago about the 929 um, initiative of studying Tanakh. Uh, same parak, everybody around the world studying Tanakh at the same time. It, it continues to be very popular and somewhat controversial as well. But they have taken upon themselves or have have given to us, I guess you would say, um, the ability to see Ravadin Steinzalt's explanation of the Tanakh, and you can go to any chapter there, uh, and on the side of the page, there is the text. And as you scroll your mouse over the text, it highlights a pasuk. If you click on it, it opens that pasuk more, and you have the um, explanation of Rav Steinsaltz. And again, it's not chidushim and stuff like that. It's very it's a few words that he puts in between the words of the pasuk in order to make the pasuk more understandable. It's amazing the brevity with which it's all brought down. It is really an amazing thing. I, I encourage everybody to take a look at it. Um, The uh, he then he fi- he finished the entire Tanakh. He did already that he had done already Talmud Mishnah, and then he went on to do the Rambam, and he finished the Rambam's Yara Chazaka, the Mishnah Torah of the Rambam. Y- you ask yourself, how does a man have the ability to do all this? Well. It was a very special man, a gadol, a gadol, a man, Adam Gadol, a, a, a huge, huge giant that we lost uh, this past week. We'll go to some music, and um, and then we'll continue talking about Rav Steinzaltz. This is brand new music from Mayor Green out of Israel, Ben Shell. It's written as one word, but it's Ben Shell meaning we are children of the one above. And this is, uh, I think this is a brand new song track that he just released. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. (laughs) 
הרצון לאומנות, לבין חובת ההישרדות, מחפש מקום שפיות, לנוח בקלות, בין הכבוד והגאות, ליופי בשפלות, בפיצבי וכבר מבין את אופי המהות, ובינתיים מנסה להבין, כי האיזון שלך מתחיל מבפנים. לחיים בלי מטרה, מגלה עולם עם אנושות ועם חמלה. בין האושר בלי ברכה, לפשטות עם נשמה, מוצא שתיקה של בושה אל מול שמחה. ובינתיים מנסה להבין, כי האיזון שלך מתחיל מבפנים. Very quietly. That's the way he spoke always. 
very, 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 very quietly. You almost couldn't hear what he had to say. It was amazing, but it was so profound, very important. So, um, the concept that he tries to convey in this clip in Hebrew is that he's not, in his translations of the the, the Gemara, the Talmud, the Tanakh, and so forth, he's not trying to put his imprint on any of this. He's not giving you his view. He uses the metaphor, he says, I am trying to be a pipeline to bring the information forward from 3,000 years ago. Let it speak for itself. I don't need to tell you what it says in the sense of understanding something that's not written. My job is just to help you see the information. And then you can read it and understand it as you think you should. I don't want to put my imprint on it, he says. Na'ased de mama. Let us create silence. So I, Rav Steinsatz, will be heard as little as possible. I'm going to share this clip with you. It's amazing how a person, the the humility that he had to say, my only job is to be a pipeline to bring it forth. His mother was a dressmaker and she told him to make a very flowery, extravagant dress is not difficult to make a simple dress which will still be which will still look good and be fashionable that is difficult um, a few words of my own when I was uh, in high school the uh, quite a number of the Steinsatz volumes were already out and as I understood Hebrew I found them to be helpful in getting through some of the Gemarot, again, it didn't spoon-feed you. It just helped you get through the language to know wh- wh- what the word means, where to put the comma, and so forth, and if there was a specific term that uh, was coming up, whether it was something from the flora and fauna or something from the archaeology, he would help explain those terms so that you didn't have to go to an encyclopedia and, and, and look it up and waste all that time. But 
in the uh, high school that I went to, and I understand that in many high schools throughout the United States and in Israel, and in Israel, use of the Steinsalz Gemara was frowned upon. And the reason was that it takes away, this is the way it was presented by the schools, it takes away from your Yigiya Batora. We're commanded, we're told that we have to sweat it out when we're learning Torah. We have to put in all our efforts and try our best to understand it and it takes energy it takes toil it shouldn't be coming easy and by using the Steinsalz you're taking that away that important part I would say it, it, it was not true just because of what both of Steinsalz himself said and what I was explaining before his Gemara did not spoon feed it to you it just helped you conquer the language barrier and some of the other barriers that were, as Rav Steinsalz would say, would be wasting your time in order for you to, to get to the essence, which you had to work out on yourself, even with the Steinsalz. You still had to work out the essence of the Shakla Vitaria, of the back and forth of the Gemara. There was another criticism in the yeshiva world of the Steinsalz Kamara, and that is it did not keep the Tzurat Hadaf. Going back hundreds of years, the Talmud had a certain typeset, meaning each, each uh, publication of the Talmud looked the same. The text and the Tosot and the Rashi of Psachim, Daf, whatever, Lamed Vav, looks the same in every version of the every printing of the Talmud but Rav Steinsatz being that he was doing it differently he was translating and he needed to do it differently he changed the what they called the Tzurat Hadaf which in the yeshiva world for sure um, took on a certain uh, level of holiness of not changing it and, and, and hence when you look in Art Scroll they in the Art Scroll Gemaris both in the English edition and in the Hebrew edition which in Israel everybody calls Schottenstein um, because that is the name of the donor uh, they kept the Tzurat Hadaf by actually repeating every page numerous times so you'd have let's say Daf Lamed Amr Aleph and the explanation of it opposite opposite it but that's only the first third and then you have the same daf appearing again daf lamed amad aleph and the second part being explained and it gets highlighted so you know what which part it's talking about the explanation the translation and then again a third time daf lamed amad aleph appears again with the bottom part with the last part and so the uh, shas obviously gained tremendous heft it was uh much, much larger than the regular Talmud. So, one can argue, obviously, whether that, how important that is, and, uh, but clearly, the yeshiva world did not accept the Steinsalz Gemara. And, at some point, even, Rav Shach led a um, 
campaign to put it in Khairam. I suspect that the real reason was not to say that these two reasons weren't real, but that the real reason was that Rav Steinzaltz was not part of the Yeshivish Oilam. He was not part of that world. He was not in any box. He could not be categorized. He was his own man. He was an independent thinker. And it's interesting, and many have said this over the past few days, number one, there would not be an art scroll in English and in Hebrew if there would not have been a Steinsaltz before. That Steinsaltz opened the door to that. And the second is that the art scroll Gemara is surely in English, a little bit less in Hebrew, I, it seems feeds the Talmud, the Talmud to the Talmud to the student much more than Steinsaltz. It just does, it doesn't just remove the language barrier. It actually tries to help you more understand the Shaklavataria to spoon feed the Gemara. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. But it's clear that the embrace of the art scroll by the yeshiva world may be more than just the use of the Tzorot Hadaf. His lifelong motto, as he uh, mentioned it in English, was, let my people know. And he will be sorely missed. He joked that he'd have to live till 175 to finish all the things that he had started. May his memory be a blessing to all of us. May his works continue to flourish in the sense that they be disseminated around the world and shared with more and more people to spread the word of God to everyone. Back in the day, Eric Einstein put out a song called Aniva Ata Nishaneet HaOlam. became a very uh, popular song in Israel's society in general more so the non-religious society but it, but it was accepted by all and as I was thinking of a song Aniva Atanishanet Olam Rav Steinsaltz really believed Aniva Atanishanet Olam his students talk about how he pushed them to excellence not to mediocrity always to strive for excellence and he was the great personal example to show we can change one man can change the world as he did this is a new version a cover of that song came out recently share it with you nothing is uh, nothing should be uh, out of the out of the realm of okay unless there's something absolutely wrong with it. So Aniva Ata in memory of Rav Adin Evan Israel Steinsaltz. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
the name of the artist is uh, Igiyun, the um, classic Arik Einstein, Aniva Atanashanet Olam. I thank all the uh, listeners who are commenting on our um, app comment page. Thank you so much for all your kind comments. Um, one of the listeners pointed out that Torah in Motion, which can be found at torahinmotion.org, has been uh, zooming with 929, the project we spoke about. There are 929 chapters in Tanakh. That's why it's called 929. They have an overview of all Sifrei Tanakh every day they have an overview of one of the books of the Tanakh. And uh, I've actually signed up for that series as well. It's fascinating. I'm, I'm behind, but I've heard the first few, and they are really great, great speakers. And I thank the listener. I don't know if people are okay with my saying their names on the air or not, so I won't. But um, thank you for pointing it out. Torah. T-O-R-A-H in motion.org and there's tons of stuff there. It's, it is an amazing organization led by my dear friend Rabbi Jay Kelman and his wife and um, they do a wonderful job. They bring amazing speakers. There's tons of great podcasts there um, and they really stepped up to the plate when the coronavirus hit. So uh, go ahead and enjoy that. Uh, and a lot of thank yous for the m- m- memories of uh, Rav Steinsaltz. And I thank you for that as well. It's funny that, <laughs> talking about Rav Steinsaltz, he was the keynote speaker at my graduation at Mahon Lev in uh, 19... What was it, 84, I guess? Something like that. 82, 84, 83. Anyway, early 80s. And um, it was tremendous. I mean, he was uh, not the greatest orator, but he had what to say. And I cannot remember, as I'm trying to think back on different things about Rav Steinthal, I cannot remember anything that he said at my graduation, I guess, that's what happens uh, when you're younger and you're a little bit absorbed in other stuff at your own graduation. Um, This is the second week that I've promised to talk a little bit about the gap year students and the issues of their entering Israel from outside of Israel. So we don't have a lot of time. I'll give you a brief taste and then hopefully we'll get to it at a future week because it's an issue that's going to keep coming up. The idea that a student, high school student, who finishes 12 years of Jewish education in Chutzlaretz, mainly in America, but in Britain, Australia, South Africa, and other Canada, other Anglo countries, the idea that after 12 years of Jewish education, there's a need for them to have another year of Jewish education Um, hit a lot of people as weird. But decades ago, several pioneers, and I'm not going to do justice to them all because I don't remember them all, 
but I do know that one of the people was a Rav David Eliach, who a wonderful person who was the legendary principal of Yeshiva Flatbush for many decades, wanted to, did encourage kids to go to Israel for the year. And this was the only natural way to do it, which would mean before you start college and before you get into the world, so to speak, that you take off this year and you go to Israel. And it was involved with the Sochnut, with the Jewish Agency, the uh, Torah Department in the Jewish Agency. I don't even think it exists anymore. Um, In its day, it did a lot of good things. And it was they who um, founded... Um, um, Oh, gosh. Mahon Gold which was one of the institutions that people would, would go to for the year. Um, BMT, one of the earliest institutions that uh, guys would go to for the year. It's called the, the Torah Culture Department of the Jewish Agency. That's That was the name. Um, they're the same organization that put out the works of Nechama Levovich and so forth. Um, at the beginning, it, it was a handful, just a handful of people that would do it. Today, it's almost like, what, you're not going to Israel for the year? It, there's something wrong with you if you're not going to Israel for the year. And uh, over the decades, special programs have developed in every different area, meaning modern Orthodox, Haredi, non-religious, conservative, university students, everybody understood the tremendous potential in having a year in Israel, what they call a gap year, the gap between high school and college. And I can tell you that from from my professional perspective as a travel agent that was responsible for um, hundreds and hundreds of students every year getting to Israel and coming back. It's it's uh, just that aspect of it is a, uh, is a major undertaking. But the whole running of the program is, I, I can't compare obviously to my part in it, is a huge undertaking. But it changes one's life. And it connects these young people to the land of Israel like nothing else. So it was an amazing idea. The problem, of course, this year was how are we going to take thousands of young Americans, many from New York and New Jersey where there was big coronavirus issues, how are we going to let them into Israel when Israel is not letting foreigners in? That was the issue. Okay, we ran out of time. And we'll continue. We'll continue next week. We're going to close out with uh, Ariel Horowitz, Nomi Shemer's son, Kishabano Habaita, when we returned home. And I'm dedicating this to a uh, young couple, I guess we can call them, or a semi-young couple. The children and grandchildren of the famous anonymous family, formerly of Flatbush, who are making Aliyah today. And so this is... Uh, 
one of the most appropriate songs that I could think of. There's so many of them, but this is one. Shabano Habaita, when we returned home. We're going to play that in their honor after we say thank you for listening to uh, this week's edition. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollock with After Further Review, covering the latest in the world of sports. And then Novik now with Jake Novik. He's been on fire with some great topics on his Facebook feed, and I'm sure he'll he'll echo them on his show, so stay tuned for that. And then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following Jame in the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh no, they're just running in a different race. <laughs> ראשון כשבאנו הביתה זרקנו את התרמיל אבל לא חלצנו נעליים כי הבית היה צריך הרבה עבודה בכל זאת עבר המון זמן לך תדע מאיפה להתחיל והיו גם את אלה שישר מהאונייה
הראשון כשבאנו הביתה, זרקנו את התרמים. עם כל הציוד שעזר לנו בדרך, היו בו מרחק, דמעות ואבק ורמז דק. מאיפה להתחיל? 